Hey everyone, welcome to We're Watching Here. We're Watching Here. This is Opinionated Movie Talk with Chris and Perry. My name is Chris Williams. With me, he is the Expendables 4 to my Marvels, Perry Seibert. <laughs> no one wins in that one. No, no one wins. But I would rather be Jason Statham than anybody involved in any of that. So I Who win. Wouldn't? I win in my own way. All in right. my heart, I win, Chris. And I thank you for that. <laughs> How are you doing today, Perry? I am good. All is well and good. It's the nice lull before the big time award season movie started rolling in. How are you yeah. doing? Same. Um, yeah, I, I, we were just talking before uh, we started recording. I, I get to this point every summer where I, I usually usually it's early August. And I'm just like, yeah, I think I'm done with movies. Like, <laughs> like I get I, I get so burned out on all the big summer stuff, even though this summer about the time I was feeling burned out, we got Barbie and Oppenheimer, which, you know, was a nice little treat. But uh, I haven't seen a movie in theaters in a month, but I am so excited about the fall season. Um, I have a bunch of friends who are at TIFF right now, and it's fun. And, you yeah. know, I'm jealous to read their reviews coming back. Um, so, so yeah, I'm excited about the fall. That is what we're going to talk about today is we're going to do our fall preview. I'm excited about that. Um, Perry, you're also looking a little older today. I am you know mean streets and the long goodbye and me all came out in the same year <laughs> so we all turned 50 this year and uh i i celebrated my birthday well, well i'm gonna get I'll, I'll i'll do this I, I had a whole lot of what i've been watching but let's do this i celebrated on either side of my birthday uh by going the monday before uh the week the uh, eight days before my birthday i went to the michigan theater my the the theater that I is the probably the whole reason I never left Ann Arbor once I got here as a, as a, as an undergrad uh, and uh, saw Taxi Driver. They are doing a Scorsese nice. at fifty retrospective, and I uh, I had never seen Taxi Driver there. I had seen it on the big screen numerous times, but never at the Michigan, and so that was wonderful. And then just last weekend they had a live screening of the room with Greg Sestro there to, to uh, answer questions before and during the screening. So I saw Taxi Driver and The Room in the theater, the Michigan theater on opposite ends of Turning 50. I just think that's the right bookend. That's that's just the two extremes right there. It's great. It, it was, it was <laughs> yeah. a great. It was a great period of time. What's funny is my wife and I were in Ann Arbor the weekend before they did Taxi Driver, and I saw the poster for it. And I was like, oh, I'd really like to go to that, but I don't think I can make it. And I was like, I should text Perry. No, Perry already knows about this. <laughs> Perry's going. Yes, Perry went. That's the one um, I went to. I've also never seen The Room. Um, oh, it's glorious. I feel like if I rented it and watched it on my own, I would not get the experience. I feel like I would have to wait for one of those theatrical experiences uh, to see. Uh, no, all, I, here's you and I should watch this some night. That's how you should see this. You shouldn't see it alone for the first time, but you should see it not in a theater necessarily. You should see it with people you love and trust and like to sort of help you through it. You know, okay. <laughs> no, we really, will. honestly, I, I am no fan of so bad. It's good movies. I think mm -hmm. that's, generally a waste of time but the room is that one glorious exception because he really didn't know it was so bad he yeah. really was saying something personal and it it is uh, it is endlessly fascinating because of it <laughs> i've seen the disaster artist um, which is excellent yes, it's, it's yes, excellent and it is not it is it is not a replacement for having seen the room <laughs> yeah yeah all right well that's good that's an awesome birthday that's that's great it was. It was. It's nice when that falls for, like that. And thank you for uh, for being a part of it. Oh, yeah, very welcome. My honor. Um, I guess we can jump into what we've been watching. You you already got started. Um, yeah, I guess I guess I could go with mine. Sure. Um, I have an old one and a new one. I'm going to start with the old one. Uh, so for the last few years, people have been. I, I, I've noticed a lot of people I really respect kept talking about Midnight Run. Um, yeah. movie came out in the 1980s, buddy comedy. Um, I had heard of it. I had kind of, you know, I'd probably seen it at Blockbuster or something as a kid. Uh, but it, it never really resonated with me. And then all of a sudden, critics I like, like uh, Jeffrey Overstreet and Alan Sepinwall started talking about how this was just a great movie. Alan Sepinwall, great TV writer for Rolling Stone. It, it's his all-time favorite movie. 
And so for years, I've been thinking, okay, I should probably get around to seeing um, Midnight Run. Every single time I would add it to a uh, streaming service, by the time I would sit down to watch it, it would be off the streaming service, Mm -hmm. which just really kind of was annoying, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, So a couple weekends ago, uh, my wife was out of town. My son was out of town. So I just had my daughter. She goes to bed at like eight o'clock. So it was a Saturday night. And I just saw they added Midnight Run back to Netflix. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I should probably just sit down and watch this time. Yeah. And uh, it was just one of those things where I sat down to watch it. No one in my head. I'm a little tired. Maybe I'll watch half tonight and half tomorrow. Nope. Whole thing. Whole thing right there. Because it was that good. It really is a a really great buddy movie, which is a genre I love. Uh, I can't believe it (laughs) took me this long to see it. I, you know, if you haven't seen it, Robert De Niro plays a skip tracer who has to take uh, Charles Grodin back to L.A. from New York. Uh, Charles Grodin's character has embezzled money from the mob and given it to charity. Um, the funny thing is, it, it, it when you say it's Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin, you have a picture of who these characters are going to be. And it is that it is Robert De Niro playing a tough guy, Charles Grodin playing kind of a very annoying dry person um and yet they are the, they actually play characters in this like i i love robert de niro um in, in some drama he can still give a great dramatic performance when i see that he's going to be in a comedy i tend to cringe and and no nope uh, especially if it has grandpa in the title but <laughs> he's really really this might have been this might have shot up to one of my favorite De Niro performances. Uh, it's it's really a fun performance. Uh, there's a moment where he steals an FBI agent's badge and he's walking away. And he just stops and like flashes the badge to the camera. And it's such a playful moment. Uh, I, I really liked him in this. He plays like a character who actually has a bit of gravity to him. So it's it's not just him playing shtick. He's, he's doing a real character here. Charles Grodin's a lot of fun. Um, I love Yafet Kodo in this. A very As Alonzo Mosley FBI. Yes, oh, Alonzo Mosley so FBI. <laughs> Alonzo uh, Mosley FBI. So uh, Joe Pantoliano as the uh, most stressed out bail bondsman <laughs> I've ever bondsman met. Ever. Yes. Um, yeah, I really like this. I'm assuming you saw this years ago. Um, I was nine when it came out, so I did not see it when it came out. Oh, I remember seeing it in the theater. Yeah, it's okay. it's just a thoroughly likable movie. It's one of it those is. movies that's very easy to recommend as long as you have, as long as your tolerance for the f word is high. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really <laughs> but is. It does it's, have it's... Dennis Farina, who says the f word better than anybody ever has <laughs> in the history of films and everything he's in. It's worth having Dennis Farina in your movie just to have him drop drop f bombs. So good, so good. Uh, yeah, it's one of those movies that doesn't. It doesn't invent the genre. It doesn't really revolutionize the genre. It just does it better than most other things out there. And it's highly enjoyable. Had a good time with that one. So uh, that is still on Netflix for those of you who want to catch it. Um, Don't put it off like I did. It's really enjoyable. Yes, it's worth your time. What else you got for me, Perry? Uh, You know, it's that great time of year where you can catch up on the little ones that got away from earlier Mm -hmm. in the year. And there are still some I need to get to. Uh, I still haven't seen Past Lives. This is a fault of mine. I need to see this. I know. Uh, But I did catch up with How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Have you seen this yet? This was going to be one of my other uh, what we're watching. I I saw this last week. Talk about this. Yes. Yes. I really know this going in. Yes, I caught up with this uh, about a week or two ago. I, I really Excellent. liked this. I watched it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very um, good. I'm a very I'm I'm so intrigued by this really small subset of fiction films that are adaptations of nonfiction books, <laughs> and I don't mean adaptations of events that are described or you know recorded in a nonfiction book. I mean big idea nonfiction books that are then crafted into original stories, right? So uh, uh, Fast Food Nation comes to mind, Richard Linklater's film, which is this wonderful series of vignettes uh, that that dramatize a bunch of the different things that Eric Schlosser talks about in Fast Food Nation. There's uh, Mean Girls, the Tina Fey uh, written mm-hmm. fantastic comedy, which is all based on what uh, Queen Bees and Wannabes, I think is the name yeah, of the nonfiction right. book about, about – uh, 
female relationships and female psychology as a teenager. Uh, and that's what this is. It's based on a nonfiction book that's takes a basically argues that performing acts of sabotage and uh destruction of infrastructure to oil industries is uh, a, a viable route to take to, to help the environment mm -hmm. and the film for all. And that's very much what the film is about. And the amazing thing is it's not a polemic. Like it's not saying you need to go do this. It is very yeah. much this perfectly structured thriller where you watch a bunch of people on a mission and you learn it's a heist movie in many ways it's a heist movie yeah you learn yeah. what they're doing just enough so that you understand why they're doing it but not enough that you really understand what they're doing mm -hmm. which is perfect that's exactly the line you want to walk to keep some tension uh and then uh you know very very savvily edited uh with these flashbacks so that you get all of the characters backstories uh in ways that don't ever pull the rug out from under you, but slowly shift your appreciation and your understanding of why this is all happening. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a really fantastic piece of work. Bunch of unknown actors who are so easy to keep track of. That's, yep. that's something that almost never happens for me with, with, with films like this, with films this small, full of this many unknown actors. Like I didn't not know who anybody was at any point. <laughs> they all got real familiar real quick. Uh, I love that it's it's such a wonderful uh, it's such a wonderful endeavor that the film by credit is given to four people. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Yes, I I was so glad when this showed up on Hulu and I I watched it uh, and, and adored it. Chris, I've talked too much. What was your experience with how to blow up a pipeline? I mean, it's really similar to yours. I, I really liked this. Um, I, I was curious going in. I mean, this is a movie where if you Google it, you might get arrested. But just just Googling that <laughs> title. But um, and, and what's funny is they do reference the book in the movie itself, which I thought was kind yeah. of fun. Um, I, I was kind of curious going in, like, how can you make an act of terrorism something I'm going to want to watch? Right. Like, these are people who are doing something illegal that's really not going to help anyone or hurt anyone. Um, I mean, they they go to great lengths to show you they've thought this out. So it's not going to harm the environment. It's not going to harm people. Um, but the heist film structure really helps it go down smooth. Um, yeah. But also, it's so effective. At, like you said, getting to know these characters, they all have these backstories that are in some way affected by the oil industry, by the environment. Yep. Um, they often grow up in these areas where there are oil derricks in the background. Uh, and, and you really get to know these characters. It's very thoughtful about them. Um, yeah. It, I, I, that that kind of surprised me how much I really liked these characters and got to know them. Uh, it's really suspenseful when it needs to be. Um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this. I, I think it might, I had some issues with maybe the last 10 minutes, maybe being one twist too many, but uh, I, I still enjoyed it. I, I mean, I, I, I know what you mean, but I don't, I, I, I think it's the best possible ending for it. If the goal is, and it should be at least half the way. And I think it is half the way here to get you to actually think about this idea that we bring up you know, of what the film is. Is this a good idea? I think you need that exact ending. I, I actually am okay with it. I agree with you. It's tidy, but I'm yeah. That that might be it. Okay with it. I'm okay with it because of what this film wants to get you to think about afterward. And so and I'm, I, think, I'm, I was okay with it. Yeah. I think for me, it's just more of the idea that so much of this film, you feel like a fly on the wall, and it feels genuine, like you are watching these people try and pull this off, and then you start to see the screenplay bones a little bit more. And, sure, and, sure. And, you know, it's not, it doesn't kill the film. I mean, full disclosure, if I had a top 10 list right now, this would be on that list this yeah, year. Yeah, same uh, here. It's, it's good. I don't know if it'll stay there, but right now it's there. And yeah, I highly recommend it. It's it's really good. Woohoo! Oh, I love it when we don't talk about it ahead of time and this happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to make the next one really interesting for me um, because I have seen Past Lives. Yeah. Uh, yeah, is it as good as I hear? <laughs> it is. It's yeah, really good. Um, you know what? The only way I could see this was to pay $20 on Amazon to purchase it, which is a practice I'm doing way too much. I don't regret it with this one. Um, good. It, it is a very good movie. Uh, for, for those who don't know, Past Lives, it's the directorial debut of Celine Song. It is about 
to uh, two young people who are childhood sweethearts in Korea. Uh, they meet as children. They have this nice little bond, this nice little childhood crush on each other. Uh, the girl and her family move to Canada. We catch up with them 12 years later. They kind of begin, um, you know, a, a long distance relationship. And you track them back and forth over 24 years. And that's all I'll really say. I mean, I think the trailer lays out everything about yeah. this. Um, and, and it doesn't spoil anything going in. There's there's a little bit of the uh, before series DNA in this. Uh, people who keep checking back in with each other years into their lives. Um, but it really, I mean, this is a really beautiful movie. This is, it, it is a movie about how we are not the same people throughout our lives. The person I was 10, 20 years ago is not the person I am today necessarily, except that that person's still in there. Um, and, and how do you wrestle with that? And how do you reconcile with that? Even when your life has changed, you have your values. Um, it's a very romantic and kind of heartbreaking movie in places. It's very smart. Um, it has an emotional maturity that I really respect it. Uh, there is a way that this movie could be a very melodramatic, predictable love triangle movie. It is not that movie at all. I, I think the okay. last third of this movie is very smart and perceptive about how it handles everyone who by this point is involved in this. And that's all I'll say. Um, it, it, the, the last third of this movie really gets emotionally complex to a point where I, I was very moved by it. It's uh, it's really good. It's gorgeous, too. It is it is a beautifully filmed movie. Um, I've seen so many movies about people doing tourist things in New York, and you always get the same shots and everything. And this is yeah. shots of New York I hadn't seen. It's it's very just the cinematography is gorgeous in this. The performances are great. Um, I, I love the fact that it's filtered through the immigrant experience, so it feels very specific. But it's still dealing with things that I think everyone can relate to. Everyone, everyone has that one who got away, or that one you want to reach back out to, or that person you're with, and you have to compare them to everyone else you dated. And it 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 deals with that in a way that I thought was fresh and wise and emotionally mature. And I'm going to hedge my bets because, uh, or I'm going to hedge what I say because you should definitely see this movie. I think you would really like this. I have, I w wanted to love the trailer. Uh, happy to hear everything you have just described. Yeah, I'm, I really want to see this. I saw that it was 20 bucks and even I went, not yet. Okay. It, it comes it's, down. I'll, it'll, it's it'll been get 20 down bucks for a few weeks. This was another one. This was another one. My wife was gone. Uh, it was a long trip and daughter was in bed. And I'm like, well, this will be the chance I know I have to sit and watch this. <laughs> and our Blu-ray player hasn't been working. So I was like, well, it's got to be something streaming. So <laughs> there you go. So highly recommend it, though. You, you can find it at uh, most rental sites. And I think that price will come down in the next few weeks. Um, or if you're a member of a uh, movie critics guild, I'm sure there will be some screeners in, in the next I few sure hope. I sure so. hope. So, yeah, you got any other ones you've been watching? Uh, uh, let's see. Um, what could I mention? Well, we, uh, you talked about, you hurt my feelings last time. I finally caught up with that. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, but I, I guess the only other thing I would mention is I lied to you, Chris. I forgot. You asked me before we were recording, what's the last thing I saw in a theater? And I thought it was Barbie, but I lied. Okay. Purposefully. Uh, this will be a good contrast to something I'm going to talk about later. Uh, there are trailers that you see that make you want to see the movie. You, you know you're going to go. You understand the movie's probably not going to be as good as the trailer. But the trailer hits you in just the right place at just the right time. I have a feeling have I might know what you're talking this about. Movie. So I went to see Strays. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go see Strays. I love that trailer. That's one of the best Red Band trailers I've ever seen. It is a great trailer. And the problem is, and I don't, I want to be real specific about this. This is a very specific kind of problem. The trailer, um, the, the trailer gives away all of the best jokes. Ah. But here's the thing. I don't care. <laughs> like, like it just, it's, I, 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 the, the, would I have loved the movie if I'd never seen the trailer? Yeah. 
Do I love the movie? No. Do I love the trailer? Yeah. So, so that's kind of where I am. I, I just saw the trailer. I got the experience. That was great. I wanted to give them the money just for making the trailer. I paid to see the movie. Uh, and I'm, I'm very happy that I did that because that is, that is the kind of movie that should be seen in the month of August in movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious about that one. And then I read the reviews and then I saw the response and I realized if Peacock, it'll hit you that in about a month or two. And- yeah. Yeah. I, I will give it some points for actually dealing with and framing it as uh, what it what it is like to be in an abusive relationship. That's really okay. kind of interesting. And I, if they had – you could have made a darker and less funny but probably deeper movie if they decided this was never going to be that movie. So I don't, I don't resent that it doesn't. But it does approach it enough that you're like, okay. You went, I, I, I give you, thank you for, thank you for doing that. Thank you for going there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I can't recommend strays, but I can recommend watching the trailer over and over and over. Oh, I've done that. Perfect. I've done that. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. It's absolutely <laughs> perfect. Um, I have one more I can do. Uh, I, so the last movie I saw in theaters was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. <laughs> a movie that holds the distinction of being the only movie maybe in three or four years that I have actually seen twice in the theaters. Uh, Whoa. So, so I took my daughter to a screening of this, a press screening of this a few months ago or a few weeks ago. Uh, and we liked it, but my son was out of town. He wasn't able to go see it. Take him. So the next Saturday, you know, we're okay. hanging out. I'm like, let's, let's just go see Ninja Turtles. And I have to say, like, I don't, you're a little older than me. I will keep bringing that up this podcast. Um, Please do. Since you're 50. Uh, you're Please a little older do. than I'm me. I'm streets old. Yes. Yeah. I, know, I, I yes. don't know if you were, uh, yeah, let's see. So, yeah, you would have been like 17 when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when, probably when it not in your. a really big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not in your wheelhouse at that point. Or... Never cared. Okay. No. I was 10. Um, yes. so you are the prime audience, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I loved the cartoon growing up, I loved the first movie, particularly I, the rest of them. I can take or leave, uh, but I, I love the comic books and everything too. So I was curious, sure. you know, how, how this would turn out. And uh, this is one, this is probably the best version of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie you can do. Uh, it is, it. it's a very fun animated movie. I think it gets the characters right while also making them. You know, changing them enough so that it feels fresh. I, I think having kids play their voices is actually a really, really yeah. smart move. Uh, Seth Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg wrote this, and they understand how to how to make it funny, how to make it constantly kind of surprising, referencing pop culture. But it also it, it has that uh, Spider Verse animation style. Yeah. That really helps. And if you've read the comic books, it's there's kind of this melding of comic book look. There's a little bit of kind of the zine look from when you were in, like in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Uh, there's a really great little soundtrack by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who are the last people I would have suspected to do a Ninja Turtle uh, <laughs> score, but I loved it. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It, it, you know, my kids absolutely adored it. My daughter has told me her two favorite movies of all time are... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Elemental. Um, so, you know, she's seven. She's she's got a little bit of history you to get. Death, but, uh, you can do worse. That's but yeah, it, That's fine. it's a fun movie. If you have kids, they're gonna like it. If you grew up liking Ninja Turtles, it's it's worth a look. It's it's fun. I laughed. I I had a good time with this. It's actually another very good trailer too. I mean, it I was is. intrigued. I I'm not opposed to seeing it, and I've never seen any of the movies. I do not care, but this one I would, I would, I would have no problem watching this. I enjoyed it, and it's nice to see these movies that are kind of experimenting with the animation style a bit. I'm yeah. kind of tired of the plasticky CGI look that always kind of just hits me wrong. Yep. So we are going to transition now, though, from talking about what we've been watching to what we're going to watch in the next few exactly. months. This is going to be—I don't think we've ever done a fall preview before. I don't think so. That's I don't. Think it was so. a good idea. Um, so you had this idea and I thought this was a great idea. And then I realized, I don't know what the hell is actually coming out this year. Uh, <laughs> you know, with, with the writer's strike, I would have, I would have easily had Dune 2 on this list, but, uh, that got bumped to next year. And, um, 
right now I'm hearing all these great things come in from TIFF and Venice that yep. don't have distributors yet. So I don't know what to do, but I have a few on my list. So we're going to each uh, have three choices or three picks for movies that are coming out between what is it now and the end of the year is what I have. Yes. Same okay. Here. And uh, then we have a consensus pick after that will surprise actually no one. But no uh, one. listen no to this podcast, you this. know what it is. Yeah. But uh, we knew it would both be, be both on our list. So uh, <laughs> we're just going to do that. So, Perry, why don't you do the honors? What is the first movie on your list that you're excited about? Uh, I'm going to actually, uh, this is a film that I was uh, interested in. Like, I announced, I'm like, okay. And the first few stills, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. That's that's exactly what I was hoping this would look like and be. I, I, this could be really interesting. And then they dropped the teaser trailer. And I went, all right. Okay, yes, I am all in on this. And this is this is Bradley Cooper's maestro. Mm. I, 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 I yes, it smells like total Oscar bait. <laughs> I liked, did not love a star is born. Uh I, I genuinely liked. I don't mean to be dismissive in that way. It's it's just I didn't go I didn't go gaga over it. <laughs> oh, forgive me. I, I get that. Uh, but it's uh this is such a good trailer. It's along with strays, it's the best trailer I've seen this year. I'm like, I want to see this movie. That uh he's uh that the the trailer, this is of course a Leonard Bernstein biopic, but very much about his uh his relationship with his wife, uh played by Carrie Mulligan in the movie, and this surprised me. The trailer is not an Oscar bait trailer. The trailer is a is a is a is an art film trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, chills, <laughs> jumping between the black and the white and the color. Oh, this looks like a movie about uh, about love and art. And boy, I am glad to see him do this again because that's certainly what A Star Is Born is about. And I like that he's approached the same topics again, seemingly with a very different viewpoint and ending in mind. I am I am intrigued by this now even more than I was before. So yes, I'm very much looking forward to maestro i just watched the um the trailer for this before yeah. the, i i hadn't seen that i'd seen the stills and everything like that that is a really impressive trailer because it, yes, is, it, not, is. <laughs> it is not the biopic thing i thought we were gonna get which is like and maybe maybe when the film comes out it is cradle to grave could be it could but but that but trailer is really striking it's it's yeah. very like classy is the word that came to mind when I was watching it. I'm like, oh, this is a grown-up movie. This is yes, uh, yes, this, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I like I like Bradley Cooper. Um, I I'm kind of like you. I I like Stars Born. I didn't love it. I didn't, you know, it, it was a down the middle movie for me. It worked and did what it needed to do. I didn't yes go crazy, but I don't have to go crazy about everything. Um right. And this is yeah, yeah, this is a Netflix movie. Uh so everyone will get to see it eventually. But uh December first, right? I think it's everywhere end of November. Theaters end of November on Netflix December first, I want to say. I that could be wrong. Sounds that. right. Um let me pull it up here. Maybe that one's later, but I think no, no, I'm sorry. Theatrical release November twenty second. Okay. Netflix, Netflix no, Netflix December twentieth. Oh, nice! They're going to give it a whole month in yeah, theaters. Yeah, the same thing they them. did with uh, with Glass Onion last year. I'm proud of them. Yeah, well, cool. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I, I think that'll be a really a really good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I was just pulling up mine because I realized I didn't have the release date for this one for mine yet. Uh, so let's go. With this my next one is also a kind of hybrid theatrical Netflix release. Um, and it comes out October 27th, theatrical. Uh, it'll get about two weeks to play before it hits Netflix November 10th. It is David Fincher's The Killer. Yeah. Um, a movie I, I've seen the trailer. I can't make heads or tail of that trailer, which is a good thing. Um, yes. I, I like it when I watch the trailer and don't know what this movie is. Uh, this stars Michael Fassbender as a hitman who goes on an assignment it goes wrong and there's an international manhunt but i think the trailer hints that there's a little more going on uh maybe some like emotional breakdown or crisis of conscience um i really don't care uh it's david fincher i will watch it uh we've talked about david fincher quite a bit on this podcast he is a favorite of ours um but what really makes me excited is the screenplay is Andrew Kevin Walker, who did yeah. Seven with David Fincher. And I'm very curious to see how they disturb me by teaming up again. Um, and Michael Fassbender doesn't doesn't act as much as I'd like. I really like Michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. 
Agreed on all this. This this could have easily been in my top three. I I yes, of course. Of course I want to see what David Fincher is doing next. Of course I want to see him working again with Andrew Kevin Walker. This is just nothing I'm not going to enjoy about this. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's the killer. It started showing at the film festivals. I've heard good things. Um, also, if you want to get your David Fincher fix, the podcast Blank Check just started a miniseries about David Fincher. I started listening this week. They did Alien 3 so far, but they'll go straight through his filmography <laughs> up through the, the killer. And it's a great podcast, and that's a great subject for them. Yes. Agreed. What do you got next, Perry? Uh, this is the one I know the least about. But the uh, the buzz uh, I was I was intrigued anyway, and then the buzz out of Toronto that I have heard has been real, real, real good by people I trust, and that is uh, I love it when directors who don't work a lot work. Right, this is always good, and so Jonathan Glazer's decided he needs to take nine years between movies now because it's the mm. second time he's gone nine years between movies. I am eager for the Zone of Interest, his adaptation yes. of Martin Amos's novel. This. Uh, I have not seen a frame of this. I mean, I've probably seen a still, but I haven't seen, I have not seen a trailer if it exists. I, I haven't sought it out. Uh, I, I am just intrigued by him tackling this topic. He is an excellent filmmaker who has made three. Uh, none of his films are perfect and all of them are striking. Uh, and, and them not being perfect, I feel is more a matter of my taste than anything he did. <laughs> Anybody could tell me any of the three of them are perfect and I buy it. I'd say, I, I don't think that's unreasonable. Uh, sexy beast is the easiest one to recommend to anybody. Birth is the greatest Kubrick knockoff I've ever seen. And that's a compliment. Like <laughs> that's, that film is that, that's, that's, that's the most Kubrick film I've ever seen. That wasn't made by Kubrick. Uh, and under the skin is the best possible version of, of the man who fell to earth. And uh, this looks like him tackling something so very serious and very real. And I am curious what that looks like coming from, uh, coming from Jonathan Glazier. And on top of that, what uh, this shouldn't excite me, but I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a nerd. So I am intrigued by this. The DP on this is Lucas Zoll, who's an actually Academy Award nominated cinematographer who's made in the last 10 years, Ida, Cold War, and I'm thinking of ending things, among oh, wow. other things. Three of the most gorgeous and striking films yeah. you'll ever see. Boy, him working with a cinematographer who's got that much of an eye and willing to work with directors who genuinely have a vision about what they want to do. Oh, 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 the film nerd spine tingles, Chris. <laughs> it tingles. I'm really looking forward to it. I, I, well, I don't know if I can say I'm looking forward to it. I'm very curious about it. It sounds <laughs> like an experience. Um, no, I, I'm really curious about this. I've heard good things. Uh, our friend Nate Adams just saw it this week at Toronto, and I read his review, and I was like, oh, that that sounds interesting. Um, you know, basically playing out a Holocaust drama in the background of yeah. of this family movie and kind of focusing on the banality of evil. I'm like, oh, that, that sounds interesting. It 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 sounds um what was the movie we watched it at a critics day a few years ago son of saul yes. do you remember that uh oh, where it was so. everything in that movie i mean this this totally different approach but it was this idea of everything was filmed in these tight close ups on the hero and you only kind of you saw what was going on holocaust wise in the background yeah and I, that was extremely effective and claustrophobic for me um and this yeah. sounds like a similar way to find a different approach to it um and jonathan glazer yeah he's 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 good for this uh under the skin just bothered me for a week after i saw it it is a great <laughs> movie um so yeah I'm, I'm really curious about this and i think it showed it hands before this one of the yes other it did and it, it got really good notices there too so i am uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. That comes out, I think, closer to Christmas. So don't go the see perfect it. Perfect holiday yeah. viewing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Fill up on ham and then go see someone <laughs> of interest. <laughs> Harry, I'm pivoting for my next one. We discussed what we were going to talk about in advance so we wouldn't have duplicates. Um, and I had a movie on the list at that time, but it doesn't have a distributor. And so I didn't, yeah, you know, I didn't want to get hopes up that it'll come out this fall. We can discuss it in honorable mentions. But I wanted to pivot because I totally forgot that I did not have Flora and Son on my list. 
Ooh, okay. uh, Flora and Sun is the new film from John Carney. Um, it comes out September 29th in theaters. No, I'm sorry. September 22nd in theaters, September 29th on Apple TV plus, uh, it is about a single mother who gets a guitar from the trash and connects with her son. Um, John Carney has made three movies so far before this. Correct. That's my, um, two of which were among my favorite movies of those years. I, I love Once. <laughs> I love Sing Street. I really like Begin Again, a movie that I think kind of gets overlooked, but I think it's a, you know, not as good as the other two, but it's it's good. Um, I really like the way he uses music as a way to kind of connect to broken people. Um, yes. And yeah, the trailer for this looks looks good. Um I think it uh, it looks like him doing what he does very well. It looks funny. It looks touching. Um, reviews out of the film festivals have been good. Uh, but really, yeah, I, I just I trust him that much. Um, you know, I trusted him enough to go buy Sing Street on Blu-ray before I even saw it. Um, <laughs> I think I know I had a screener for once, but once I, re- I watched that on a screener, knowing nothing about it, went out immediately after and bought the soundtrack back when you had to buy soundtracks. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I I love what John Carney does with music and movies. And I am really looking forward to this one. Yeah. Uh, He's, he's an incredible director so much so that I actually, I actually uh, like that second movie just as much as the first and the third one. I feel the same way about all of them. I think they're all very good. Sing street's kind of my least favorite and I still really like it. It's, it it's might very be the, good. It's just the one like for me, Carney's in danger of being a very much a one trick pony. <laughs> it's like you do this one thing better than anybody else and you do it so well, but oh, oh, okay. This is all you're going to do. Okay. Well, okay. But I, love, I, haven't, love. I haven't seen begin again a second time since I developed a big dislike for James Corden. So that's, that's kind of sticking <laughs> in my head. He, I remember him being fine in it. I just, I really don't like James Corden and that might oh, be. Oh, he's with, easy to forget in that movie. Don't worry about it. Yeah. See All right, good. I'll, I'll, I, I'll I like to again. get again because I like watching. He's very good at putting very good musicians in his movies to get the music across. Mm-hmm. I think it's more interesting for him to put really good actors in it and then make the music work around them. That's more intriguing to me. So yeah. I, I will I will watch Mark Ruffalo all day long <laughs> do that. Uh, this one has Eve Hewson, uh, Jack Rayner, who is really great in Sing Street, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So interesting Perfect. cast. I uh, Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Perry, number three, what do you got? This might be, honestly, this is tied with the one we shared. If I had to pick the one that I really, truly, if I can only see one movie this award season. <laughs> uh, we've talked a few times about this director over the years. I don't know if we've done a real good deep dive. We should maybe pencil that in for later this year when this goes wider. Uh, uh, boy, I, I, Todd Haynes continues to amaze and astound. And I think he's one of our very best directors. He is everything that the American independent film movement of the eighties said we could have. And he has maintained it and always been that. And never, he has never, there's never been a corporate move out of him ever. (laughs) And he still makes the movies he's wanted to make. He's got a new melodrama called May, December coming out. He is reteaming with Julianne Moore, and if there there is no better actor director combination on the planet than the two of them, there are many that are just as good, but there's a, there's there's none that are better. I think they bring out the best in each other. I love the concept of this, where Julianne Moore plays a woman who, uh, decades ago, her love life uh, was a tabloid sensation, and uh, she and the man she ended up being a part of because of that uh, are now visited by an actress played by Natalie Portman, who is going to portray the Julianne Moore character in a movie. The Natalie Portman character has shown up to just be with them and watch them and learn so she can do her part better. That's the setup. That's all I need to know. I don't care about anything else. This is everything I want in a Todd Haynes movie. This is a cast I love. Uh, I, I am I am so here for this. I, I'm 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 so here for this, Chris. This is one that feels like they made for me. I'm very excited. I had this on my list, and then I was like, Perry's gonna have this on his list. Perry's gonna so, have this on his list. Yeah. So you I know me well. I pulled up, but 
very excited about this. I I was really struck by Carol a few years ago. Um, good. Really good movie. F- fun story about that. So every year we take a uh, we take a trip with my kids to Kings Island. We go down to Cincinnati area, <laughs> and one year we stayed in this hotel in a town called Lebanon, Ohio. It's just right outside of Cincinnati, little small town, and we stayed at this little. Uh, little kind of mom and pop motel was really clean really nice called the shaker Inn. it's not there anymore but i was checking in and the clerk's like oh yeah we uh we had a movie filmed here a while ago i'm like oh okay great yeah it was something with uh with with kate blanchett i'm like oh well that's interesting yeah you're gonna be staying in the same room they shot in and uh, it was carol it was carol i saw carol months later and i was like that's the hotel I stayed in. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, no, I, cool. I I don't know anything more about this movie than you do. Um, but I, I'm in. I like that cast a lot. I I really, I like Julianne Moore. I like Natalie Portman. Yeah, these, I like are, the Todd dates, I, these are the dates I confused earlier with Maestro. This is the one that comes out in theaters and in November and is on Netflix December 1st. I am, I am, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I I love Todd Haynes. Uh, not that I love all of the movies. There are a couple that I do think misfire, but I even those are f- interesting. He's just a really smart filmmaker, mm. and I am I am always intrigued. And this is just right in his wheelhouse, topic wise. Oh, I want to see this. Well, for my last two, we're going to take a bit of a detour. I have two. I combined them, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. These movies. Tell me why. Uh, tell me why. These two movies are very similar. They actually come. 10 days apart from the same studio. They're both musicals. Um, I'm also intrigued about them and also not quite sure they're going to be good, but I'm interested. <laughs> so I thought I'd, I thought I'd pair them and hedge my bets because two films sure. that could be bad add up to one film. That'll be great. Right. Um, sure. So those movies are Wonka, which comes out December 15th and the color purple, which comes out December 25th, Christmas day. Um, Wonka, I am shocked this is on my list. I am not a huge Willy Wonka fan. I have seen the Gene Wilder movie. I enjoyed it. I have not thought about it since it gave me nightmares uh, decades ago. So, um, you know, I'm probably due for a revisit. I hate the Tim Burton version of the of the movie. Um, and I'm not really a huge Timothy Chalamet fan. Like, I don't dislike him. I like him. I just, he's fine. Um, you know, he's he's maybe a little overexposed. But uh, so when I heard that they were doing a Willy Wonka prequel with Timothy Chalamet, basically looking like he raided the wardrobe of Gonzo from a Muppet Christmas Carol, um, I was not that excited. And then I saw the first trailer and I was like, I kind of like this. Yeah, Uh, it's it's I really maybe it's the Tim Burton movie still sticking with me. But I was like, they're going to do another dark, dour reimagining of a kid's movie. but it's whimsical, it's colorful, it's funny. Um, I have a lot of goodwill to doing a musical road doll movie from Matilda from last year, which is so much better than I expected it would be. Um, so I'm kind of curious. And then I realized it's directed by Paul King, yep. who did Paddington and Paddington 2, which might be the best family movies of the last 20 years. I <laughs> I love Pad- I, I'm not alone in this. I know there's a lot of film people who no, say this. No, you're not. I love Paddington too. I think it is a legitimately great movie. Um, so yeah, I, I'm curious about this. I, I think this looks like it could be fun. I'm always up for a musical. I love take the idea of taking my kids to a musical in the theaters. And yeah, if he brings a little of that Paddington magic, I will be very happy. Uh, <laughs> also, Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa. Sure, why not? Right. Um, I am I I am I am with you and even more on this. I actually really like Timothy Chalamet. I I think he's very interesting and I like the choices he's making. Uh, and I think he's I think he's talented. And I I'm all over this. Yeah, I'm 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 here for this. This is oh, good. way more so than the other half of this pick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am very curious about the color purple, and I think I think here's why. I don't know if it'll be good. I've heard that the musical is very good on Broadway. Uh, the same director of that is directing the film. Uh, it is a musical version of the Steven Spielberg movie based on the book. Um, so we talked a little bit right after I saw Spielberg's movie for the first time that yeah. I thought it was 
him biting off way more he could chew at that point in his career. And also probably not being the right person to tell that story. Um, you know, that, that might not be a story for a white man to take on the color purple. Um, I, I, I like the movie well enough. I don't think it's great. I think there's room for improvement. What I'm very curious about is it seems that a lot of the people involved in that 1985 movie might've agreed because this is produced by Steven Spielberg. It's produced by Oprah Winfrey. It's produced by Quincy Jones, who did the music for the 85 movie. So I'm really curious to see what this is, if this can be a take on that story that actually gets it right. Um, I like Halle, ba- Halle Berry. Halle Bailey a lot in the Little Mermaid remake. She was the thing I liked about that movie. Um, <laughs> Anshanae Ellis-Taylor, I really like her. I like Corey Hawkins. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious about this. I... Again, I'm also just a sucker for musicals. I love the idea of going to a packed theater and watching a musical. I had a great time within the Heights, a movie that I don't even think is that great, but it was a great theatrical experience. So really hoping for more of the same here. Uh hoping for a good movie. I I I I uh, my 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 hackles are raised. My doubts are up, but I would see it. Sure. It might be good. It it could be awful. It could be great. I'm curious. It could um, be exceedingly unnecessary. <laughs> it, it absolutely could be. It absolutely could be. Um, but yeah. so could Wonka. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Any of these movies could crash and burn. Uh, I'm, not saying, the- I'm not saying strays was necessary. Okay. I just want to be clear. <laughs> this is not a strays more necessary than the color purple. <laughs> Two and a half stars. <laughs> Uh, well, that comes out uh, Christmas Day, so that might be one to go see after Christmas dinner if you want a nice musical. And uh, it's a pretty troubling story, though, so may- maybe don't take Grandma. Um, it's we a both... double feature with Zone of Interest. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had both a consensus pick that I think we both knew would be a consensus sure. pick before we did this. Um, before we get to our runners-up, let's just talk about that. Perry, why don't you do the honors? It is, of course, Killers of the Flower Moon. The new Scorsese, scripted by Eric Roth. Right? Is it Eric Roth? I think it's Eric Roth. It is Eric Roth and Martin Scorsese. Yes, taking a a co-writing credit for uh, one of the few times in his career. Uh, This is is his epic take on the nonfiction uh, story, novel, nonfiction book, I should say, not nonfiction novel, about the slaughtering of Osage Indians. Uh, and the creation of the FBI. Uh, It's, you know, for those of us who are Scorsese files, he has been, he has been around wanting to tell a story about uh, original uh, Native Americans for a long time. There's a wonderful story in uh, one of the Brando biographies about Brando taking a meeting with Scorsese in the late seventies about doing uh, something related to this. Uh, I'm glad he's finally doing it. I I hear that he absolutely burned through three or four hundred million dollars of Apple's money to make it. Uh, I am thrilled with the opening trailer. I want nothing more than for this to be as great as as the Irishman. That's all I'm hoping for. That's a high bar. <laughs> it's almost as long as the Irishman. It is almost as long as the Irishman, and I expect it to be. I expect it to make more money. And I expect it to be. Uh, I, I hope it is just as good. Uh, this is, this is, this is, this is the you know this 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 is the one I want the most. I lied earlier. This is the one I want the most. <laughs> I I'm inclined to agree. I mean, Martin Scorsese is 80 years old, and his run of films in just the last 10 years. It's four films, but still, it's The Wolf of Wall Street, Silence, The Irishman, and this. Like, it's pretty good. It's good that's the, that would be a respectable full filmography for anyone, right? Like, that was just his seventies. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy <laughs> to me. Um, I'm really excited. He's teaming up with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro together for the first time. I think that's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Have you read the book? I have not. I okay. have not. It was on my radar, and then I thought once the movie was announced, I was like, I probably shouldn't. I'll just Okay. <laughs> I literally just finished the book about two weeks ago. Yeah. Because um, I read it to prep for the movie. Um, 
And and I remember thinking, well, this is it, it's a fantastic story. I mean, it is a chilling true crime story, and just like you know, one of those things where your jaw hits the floor that you were not taught about this in school. Um, but I was a little confused. I'm like, there's a whole middle chunk. The bulk of this story is about an FBI investigation, and I'm like, I don't understand why. Scorsese would be drawn to this that doesn't seem to be what he does and it seems just a little too cut and dry and then I read the approach he was taking because he shifts the focus from the focus of the book and kind of puts the FBI investigation more in the background and at that point I was like oh okay yeah yeah this this makes sense for him this is a this is a fit I'm excited to see what he does with this um Knowing who De Niro and DiCaprio are playing, I'm like, that's really interesting and fascinating. And I'm excited to see what he does. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited. I love that. I, I think it's the second trailer I saw that I really liked. I saw it before yeah. Mission Impossible. And I was like, yeah, I'm in for that. Um, and that so many of these movies are coming out on streaming after they hit theaters. This is another one. But I feel like all these... I need to make a priority to see on the big screen. Like they all look like things that are, I mean, that's the best way to see it. I will see them anyway, but I, I want to go see this one particularly in the theaters, yeah. even though it's the longest of them. Um, yeah. I'm excited about this. This, this, Me too. this should be special. Yes. I sure hope so. Did you have any runners up that you didn't have on the list? I mean, there were a bunch of things I could mention. Certainly, uh, uh, any of the ones you mentioned, I'm certainly intrigued by. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious. About, look, Michael Mann stopped making good movies last century. Okay, <laughs> Michael Mann hasn't made a really good movie this century. But do I want to see his Ferrari pick with Adam Driver? Yes. Yes, yes I do. I, I have hopes. I'm stupid to have hopes, but I hope. Uh, I'm also intrigued by what's it? Poor Things, the the new Yorgos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, film, which I I don't love him. Uh, but when I like him, I like him a lot. <laughs> and I really did like the favorite. And so I am intrigued with him reteaming with Emma Stone. Uh that came to mind. Uh, I had one other. What was the other one? Uh, oh, 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 it's, um, uh, uh, crap. It's, I can't <laughs> find it. I can't find it in my notes. Why can't I find it in my notes? Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe I'll hit it in my, in my room. Maybe. Well, by the way, I would beg to differ. I think Michael Mann uh, has actually had a good movie this century. I really like Collateral. Um, that's the one I like. <laughs> I don't think he's made a really bad one. Okay, yes, he did. Miami Vice is atrocious. But I I, I don't think Collateral is as good as it thinks it is. I also oh, think Collateral is butt ugly. That's we shot on those early digital cameras. I think it looks terrible. But that's it, it does look terrible. But I, I do like Tom Cruise a lot in that movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Miami Vice. I, some people really love Miami Vice. There is a contingent of critics who worship that movie. And there are Michael Mann files. Yes, there are. Yes. He's he's got his stands. But I'll go see Ferrari. That that sure. Give me give me Adam Driver doing another Italian accent. What could go wrong? Right? Uh, exactly. Exactly. Uh. It's I'm better Michael Mann doing this than Ridley Scott, right? Because we saw the Gucci movie. Or am I the only one? Am I the only one who saw the Gucci movie in the my theater? My parents saw the Gucci movie. Oh, I'm impressed. Yeah, my parent. <laughs> that was like a huge hit among uh, like their friends. They they loved it. I have not seen it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they they love the Gucci movie. I don't get that, but I went to see it for Adam Driver. I'm convinced that's the only reason I cared to go see it. And it's it's it like every Ridley Scott film, you wish it were an hour shorter. It would be so much better. <laughs> it just, uh, well, it's just too long. Good news, he's got Napoleon coming out this year, and he wants yes. to release his four and a half hour cut of that. But I think they're keeping him to three, so you will get the hour shorter uh, Ridley Scott film. <laughs> Um, oh yes, the film Kubrick never made. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I had several movies that I was like really curious about that were in contention. Um, I'm really curious about the holdovers. I Alexander yeah. Payne is he 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 can do great things. He can also bounce right off me. Um, but this looks good. I, I like Paul Giamatti. I I'm not a big fan of Sideways, but I like Paul Giamatti in Sideways. Um, so I'm curious about this. 
Um, Priscilla, I am very curious to see Sofia Coppola do this. Um, I really hope it focuses on her naked gun years, but um, <laughs> her Scientology years. Yeah. Yes. Um, let's see what else did I have on my list? Um, May, December, and Maestro. You had those. Uh, the bike riders, just because. I really like Jeff Nichols. I am not interested in a movie about motorcycle people, but uh, you, you yeah. give me Tom Hardy, Austin Butler in a uh, in Michael Faced, Mike Faced in a uh, Jeff Nichols movie. I, I might tune in for that. And he hasn't made a movie since Loving, right? That's the last yeah. feature. Yeah, he oh, was supposed to do a directors. quiet. He was supposed to do a quiet place movie, um, and then I think he got pulled off that. And uh, he decided to do this. I really, I like Jeff Nichols. And if this is, you know, if this is returning to mud territory, I'm all for it. I like mud quite a bit. Oh, oh, Dumb Money. It was Dumb Money. Oh, yeah. That was okay. the other one. Yep. Uh, yep, yes. that was on mine. Dumb Money is an t- incredibly derivative trailer and everything I want. I, I am all in. I love this cast. Uh, I am I am so impressed with how strongly this seems to owe a debt to, uh, to uh, the big short. <laughs> a, a film that more people should be should be looking to for inspiration. Yeah, I'm I'm up I'm up for this one. I'm looking forward to Dumb Money. Okay, and then I had two movies that actually have two directors who have worked together before, um, but they don't have release dates. I don't think they're uh, I don't think they've been acquired, but they're both playing at TIFF. Uh, so one is Richard Linklater's new one, Hitman. Yeah, uh, which I am very curious about. Uh, I was talking to, again, Nate Adams, our buddy. He told me it is top tier link later. I'm a little skeptical on that, um, but if it is great, but uh, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see that. I like Glenn Powell quite a bit. I think it could be a fun little movie for him. Um, and then Ethan Hawke has directed a movie called Wildcat starring his daughter. And it's about Flannery O'Connor. And that is like, Pitched right to my zone of interest. Bad. <laughs> oh, bad choice of words. <laughs> yes, that's all right. That's all right. But we'll, uh, we'll take it. Yeah, it, it is relevant to my interest. It is about Flannery O'Connor, uh, the Southern writer who was really focused on writing about her faith and Catholicism and racism. And apparently it was written based on her prayer journals and things like that. And that just sounds like that one was tailor made for me. I am very curious about that. If you didn't see his directorial debut, Blaze, I really recommend it. It's a great okay. first film. I really like Blaze a ton. I, I mean, I was shocked, and I am something of an Ethan Hawke agnostic, uh, <laughs> if not outright hater outside of the world of Richard Linklater, although he's he's improved over the years. Aging was good for him. Yeah. Still not perfect. He could still be annoying as hell. But uh, but I, I really liked his first film as director. And if you didn't watch, um, did we talk about the Paul Newman documentary he made for HBO? Did I think Paul we talked Newman about it briefly. I think you had it really in the what we okay. It's really good. Like that's that's really good too. So yes, all sorts of good reasons. I agree. That's a, that's that's exceedingly appealing to me. And I like Maya Hawk quite a bit, but that might just be that I am a uh, Stranger fan, Things fan. Um, yeah, really she has still that. been out of my uh, out of my uh, knowledge. I know she exists. I don't know that I've seen her in anything yet. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty good. That is our fall. Um, I'm sure we will hit several of these movies coming up in the coming months uh, because we will start recording more now that we're not going on vacations every five minutes and and things like that. Now that fall is here, we get a little bit more of a schedule. And uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have some more. We're going to finally get around to doing shortcuts soon. I promise we will. But Perry, in the meantime, where can people find you? You can find me on Facebook. You can hear me every Friday morning on WLBY in Ann Arbor on the Lucy and Lance show. You can hear me on occasion on uh, a live radio show I do called cathode ray mission and you can hear me every couple of weeks right here with you chris where can we read your fine work you can find me at chrisicisms.substack.com uh that is my newsletter it is mostly free unless you uh want to pay for old entries and then i'll have a few paid ones coming up but i will always have free stuff on there right now actually if you liked our discussions about how to Blow Up a Pipeline and Midnight Run. I have long-form pieces on those. I will have something about past lives uh, probably next week, late next week. Um, but also, I finished a series on the films of 1993, which was very interesting. Um, I liked a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, so there's that. <laughs> uh, and you can also read reviews of new releases at Cinema Nerds with a Z. Uh 
I haven't ed- reviewed anything there in a few weeks, but uh, again, we're getting into the exciting time where there's going to be more to see, and uh, I'm sure I'll start picking up there. Um, but yeah, and then you can listen to us every few weeks here, and that's probably about it. That's good. That's enough of me. I- I'm also on like every social media, so I am on Twitter and Blue Sky <laughs> and Threads, and you're just seeing what sticks right now. Um, so... And we were both on Letterboxd, although you never post on Letterboxd. I'm bad. I got it. And then I need <laughs> I should do stuff with it. I know. All right. Well, I'll let you go post on your Letterboxd and we'll meet back in a few weeks. Sounds good, Chris. Take care. All right. See you, Perry. Bye-bye.